I like how Jera's like, uh, but the taxons, and Tobias is like, nope, not until I get answers. This parade stops right here. <laughs> By the time he gets to say answers, he is in a, he was just floating. Mm-hmm. Uh, in light, his ambient blue-green light. Tobias like, one thing's for sure, I'm not in the forest anymore. And guess which motherfucker is here? <laughs> our, our dear friend, the non-meddling, non-interfering Elemist. Yep. Um, Tobias realizes that he is kind of both human and hawk in this space. Mm-hmm. Arms that were wings, legs that ended in talons. I had a beak, but it was a mouth too. Somehow I was both a human and a bird and some third thing that was in between the two. Like, hmm, gender. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But, um, and Tobias rattles through some of the things that they've experienced, but there's only one species that can do the voice thing. (laughs) Um, The Elemist, in an actual voice that came from my own mouth. Then from the vague turquoise fog around me, I saw it flying towards me. It was a bird of prey, a raptor, some undefinable shape, part falcon, part eagle, part hawk. It had a snow-white belly and reddish-brown back and a tail that spread to show a dusky rainbow of colours. That's a funky-looking bird. <laughs> the bird flew to me, then stopped and floated in midair. Yes, Tobias, Elemist, or at least an Elemist. It laughed, and the whole turquoise universe laughed along. So you're the puppet master. <laughs> I said, oh, Tobias, how right you are. Um, explains that this wasn't how the, uh, is surprised that the Elemist looks different to the last time they spoke. To which point this motherfucker just smiles, just like, the bird shape smiled. Don't ask me how it smiled with a beak. It just did. I chose a shape you would identify with. And it's just like, mm, baloney, you know better than that. You know I'm human. Are you? You don't look like a human to me. Don't like that. Like, mm. I get I, what he's saying, but I don't like that. How he he's goes saying with, it? Yeah, I don't like how he's saying it. Like, okay, I mean, Tobias has had his entire books so far have all been about this internal struggle of. You know, is he human? Is he hawk? Is he both? Whatever. But saying you don't look like a human to me. Well, mm-hmm. Elemis, you don't look like an Elemis. You look like mm-hmm. a hybrid bird thing. But like, mm-hmm. you know, I yeah. Yeah. Like that. I appreciate, I both appreciate that it's trying to acknowledge that Tobias has become something other. Mm-hmm. But also I don't it's, like, like it's a shitty way to do it. Yeah. I don't like that he's just, he's making it about the appearance of what he looks yeah. like versus what he is. I yeah. Mean, there's much more nuanced there's, there's a than new, that. Yeah, for somebody that fucking smart, you could be a lot smarter about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Tobias is pissed and it's just like, why are you making me do things I don't want to do? And Tobias like, what have I made you do, Tobias? <laughs> uh, just like, you put me in places I don't want to be, you've dragged me to this stupid mess with these two hawk Um And the Elemist becomes like more human in appearance, but with wings. Mm-hmm. Because, of course. Um, uh, once I put you and your friends in a position to give you your own former species a chance, I looked... Jeez, oh, I didn't notice that before. Fucking hell. Um, you suck, Elemist. <laughs> um, 
I looked deep into the future and found a way to help you without using my powers directly. And now you are in a position to help the Hawk Bajir. Do they not deserve the same chance as humans? Just like, and suppose like you're trying to save the Hawk Bajir and the Elemist's like, we do not interfere. Just like, <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> Tobias calling the Elemist out straight away. <laughs> and the Elemist is just like, look, I'm not going to force you. And I'm not going to guarantee you'll succeed. There's every chance you'll die and the Hawkbajir will die and all will have been a waste. And so I was like, gee, thanks for the pep talk. <laughs> um, and, but it's I still question why he was chosen. Mm-hmm. What, um, what is he? And he says this sort of with very self-deprecating mm-hmm. way, as is Tobias. And this is a very cool line. Tobias, you are a beginning. You are a point on which an entire timeline may turn. I guess that should have made me feel important, but it didn't. I wasn't interested in being flattered. You want my help? Fine. Then I want yours. You're just about all-powerful, according to Axe. You can make entire galaxies disappear if you want. I don't know why you don't just make things happen the way you want them, but hey, whatever. You want me to lead these Hawkbajir to this place you've put in my head? Fine, but I want to get paid for my services. And what do you want, Tobias? You know what I want, I said, almost choking on the words. You know. Yes. But do you know what you want, Tobias? And if you get it, will you still know? And then Tobias is back in the forest. The Alamist suck. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's right, but I hate him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and there is something interesting to me about Tobias not verbalizing that he wants to be human again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think he truly does, not mm-hmm. fully. <laughs> and that whole thing about getting what you want and is that what actually what you want and we get that observation from Tobias later because mm-hmm. but it's good and it's interesting and the Elemist sucks beyond compare and I like that Tobias stands up for himself here he's just like look give me a thing fine yeah. I'll do the thing but I want you to help me yeah yeah because I don't uh, why shouldn't he get to be a little bit selfish mm-hmm. frankly and also, I suppose the in the element, I was just like, make me better at what I can do for this war. Yep. So. Um, but yeah, so he's back and Tobias and the Hawk Bajira traveling through the woods and the local wildlife do not fuck, funnily enough, with a red-tailed hawk riding a Hawk Bajir. Because like, right. what is that? <laughs> what even is that? <laughs> I appreciate at one point a pair of wolves just stand a couple thousand yards away and just watch them. <laughs> it's like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate that only the forest's most fearless creature ignored them. And uh, Tobias has to stop Ket from stepping on a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because they're just like, oh, no, it's fine. That's only small. It won't kill us. It's just like, no, but it'll make you wish you were dead. No, I like um, he says, Stop, stop, nobody move. <laughs> Yerks? Jerahemi responded. Taxons? Ket Halpak asked fearfully. 
no, worse, a skunk. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, so they're all traveling, and then we have this moment like the sun is, the sky is slightly getting lighter. Um, and Tobias realizes how hungry he was, and that clearly, and that the Hawkbush are tired. Just like, okay, so do we need, we should eat. And then we find out why Paul Pajero Anatomy is like it is. Yep. As uh, Jara goes over to a tree and starts removing tree trunk, uh, bit, uh, bits of tree bark from the trunk of a tree. Mm-hmm. Just like using different blades to do different parts of it. Mm-hmm. And just uh, hands some of this bark to Ket and has some himself. I love I love how uh, they're, you know, Tobias is asking questions like, is that how you eat? Um, and Jera's like, yeah, you know, we eat from all of these different trees on the home world. Um, and Tobias is like, are they like our trees? And Ket and Jera are like, mm, they're better. <laughs> and then Jera's like, earth tree is still good. No, this is, this is fine. It's just... <laughs> And I, the, I got the, the feeling Jared thought he might have insulted me by dissing earth trees. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like You're so nice. I, it made me smile inside. There were times when my life was so utterly insane I could only laugh. A pair of to be fair, I don't like it, a pair of goblins from some far distant planet were worried they'd hurt my feelings because they didn't like pine bark. <laughs> <laughs> and then the light bulb goes off. Um it's just like and Tobias asks if that's why Hawkbajir have blades, it's to strip the bark from trees. And Ket just like shows what the different blades are for. Yep. And it's just, and he's like, they're not weapons. You don't use them to defend yourself from enemies to kill prey. And Jarrah explains, we don't have enemies or prey that we don't kill, that Yerks kill, and the Andalites kill. Is what is it? Yerk kill, yerk kill Andalite, Andalite kill Yerk, Orc Bajir die. Yeah. And Tobias recognizes that this is why the Yerks took the Hawk Bajir. Yeah. And Tobias is like, I need to go eat something. And Ket, bless, offers some of the tree bark. <laughs> and Tobias is like, thanks, but I need a different food. Because he feels kind of bad. Like, he never feels guilty about being a predator when he's around humans. Because they're also predators. Uh, But with the Hork-Bajir, it feels different because they're so... Like, so herbivorous sounds like a weird way to put it, but like... Yes, they Mm -hmm. are so herbivorous. He compares them to deer. Like, they're no more dangerous, they're no more harmful than a deer with a large rack of antlers. Yeah. Which, that's not even a good comparison, because, like, you know, bucks do use their antlers to, like, fight. Yeah. But still, like, they're just... They're just Mm -hmm. so nice and so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tobias is going to go off to find the food, but I do love it. He's like says to them, um, "I thought of all the battles we'd had with Hawkbajir. They had come close to killing me more than once. I had hated and feared them. Now I just felt sorry for them." 
and I felt sorrier still because I knew that my friends and I would fight against Hawk Bajir again in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'll be back again in half an hour or so. And then don't worry, I won't leave you. Mm-hmm. Just like Tobias. Tobias, why you got to do this to make it all? <laughs> Ugh, I have emotion. Yep. Uh, so Tobias goes hunting. It feels good to be flying again after sitting cramped on a Hork-Bajir horn the whole night. Um, he spots a rat and uh, goes after it, but just barely misses because of like sudden air turbulence. Complains about <laughs> whatever happened to the good old days when breakfast was a nice, easy bowl of Wheaties. <laughs> uh, and then, as he gets ready to take off, he's hit with something. Uh, and kind of goes tumbling uh, away, turns around, and it's a fucking bobcat. Because Tobias's life isn't hard enough, he also has to deal with bobcats. Um, and he realizes he only has one chance to get away from it. He grabs a stick uh, and, like, pokes the bobcat in the eye and fl- starts yeah. to fly away. I and like even that throughout then, throughout that, he's talking about having to repress the hawk instincts because the hawk yes. just wants to fly away, yep. understandably, and he knows the bobcat is faster, but the bobcat's not going to expect a hawk to use a tool like right. this. Right. Uh, but even then, he only barely gets away because there's a taxon. That just mm-hmm. fucking eats the bobcat. <laughs> Such a wacky visual. I don't think it's a good visual to watch a sea attacks on eat a bobcat. But just like there is always someone bigger in the forest. Yes, it's exactly that vibe. Um uh, and so Tobias fucking gets out of there, realizes that the Yerks are still uh not only after them, but also close. And they have all these aliens out in the daylight, which means that the Yerks are really fucking pissed about these Hork-Bajir getting away. Uh, they're, they're going to capture the two fugitives no matter the cost, no matter who died. Um, and so Tobias kind of circles back around to head back to the Hork-Bajir, but he still hasn't had breakfast. <laughs> uh, on the way back, he runs into Jake as Peregrine Falcon. Uh, and uh, they all they kind of commiserate about how full the forest is with controllers right now. Um, and uh, <laughs> and Marco like fucking tries to get one over on Tobias by like diving on him from higher up, which normally might be funny. Because But Tobias is not in the mood. <laughs> He's not in the mood. I was almost kitty food. I'm hungry and I'm tired and I'm mad. <laughs> and Jake's like, it's okay. We're all here to help now. Um And uh Cassie's like, hey, you know, we've been thinking, you know how you just seem to keep ending up in the right place <laughs> at the right time? Or just the wrong place, depending on how you look at it. Uh and Cassie's like, we think there may be some other power some kind of person interfering with you or manipulating you <laughs> and Tobias is like if it had been anyone other than Cassie I would have said no duh um, 
but he points out that it's the Elemist. Uh, and apparently Axe had guessed that it was the Elemist. Um, and Tobias thinks back to his conversation with the Elemist and realizes that the Elemist didn't actually promise anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and Rachel picks up on his unease and asks if he's okay, and he tells her that the Elemist said that he would make Tobias human again. Uh, somehow putting it in actual words didn't sound right, and yet that was what I wanted, to be human again, to live like the others, to eat cold cereal and fried eggs for breakfast instead of hunting and killing, to walk, to spend my nights inside in a bed, to sit down and watch TV, or just to sit at all. And Rachel's really excited, um, because this is something that she really wants for Tobias, um, is to have a much safer life. Um, and Tobias immediately starts to play it down, uh, because now he's super concerned that it won't happen. Um, uh, like Axe said, the Elemis plays games, and we still have to save the hork without getting wiped out ourselves. Um, he takes the others back to the hork and they're sitting down holding hands. Which is so uh, I like the uh, Tobias was embarrassed, like just dropping in on the Lomez. He's just like, oh, I'm coming in with friends. <laughs> um, if you want to stop holding hands, <laughs> if it's mm-hmm. private. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they have the idea about, um, clearly they've been talked about it, because um, the others are near their time limit. Mm-hmm. And they have this exchange about whether or not for the uh, Hawk to see that they're human. Mm-hmm. Um, and they point out about how if they know we're human, they can't ever be captured by the Erks again. Mm-hmm. Park points out, well, probably better to be dead than a controller. <laughs> yeah, and we have some more bullshit that Ka decided was necessary for Marco to say. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, when Tobias was... says that they're Kara and Jet are his friends now. Um, but um, asks uh, Jara if the Yerks ever, if the Yerks captured him, and Jara doesn't even let him finish. And uh, he flings out like one of his arms, slashing at the air, and then points at his own head where he cut himself. And it's just like he'll never have a Yerk in him again. Um, yep. And Echo's like, free or dead. And which Rachel was like, I see why you like him. <laughs> she takes that as as the go ahead. Like she just yeah. doesn't even ask. She just lands and starts to demorph and is like, okay, good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, the kids all demorph, and uh, Jaron can't think this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> or at least Tobias thinks they're laughing. Um, Kat is like amazingly that they're human, and Jaron's just like. Okay, and asks Tobias if he's human as well, and that it, it's complicated, and it said that he's changed, and Jarrah's just like that he changed too, that he wasn't free, and that now he is. Uh, and I missed this before when Axe shows up and he's just got a bag with shoes, just like <laughs> fucking yes, finally. Yep. Um, Axe is not that impressed 
the the uh, the animals showed themselves to the hawk bajir. Yep. Um, and you're just like these hawk bajir can never be recaptured. They can never be taken alive. And I just love they won't be. They're going to be free. And then there's the echoing of free or dead. Uh, yeah, Rachel is Rachel cute by this up. point. Just like yeah, free or dead. And Cassie and Jake and Tobias will yell it too. And Marco's just like, I'll give you a two to one odds on dead. Uh, and if we all keep yelling with a bunch of taxons half a mile away, I'll make it ten to one. Um, and Rachel just goes out and just like shakes. Marco's just like, you big baby, go on, say it, free or dead. And just like, yeah, yeah, free or dead. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, do you know you're insane? You do know you're insane, right? Yes, but she's a Packard Foundation outstanding student who's insane. Which is like the fourth time I think it's come up. It's very good. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the Yerks will be impressed. Um, yeah, but they're uh, on the road again, as it were, heading to this valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a while, it's kind of nice. Yep. Tobias is flying cover, Axe is out in front, scouting ahead. But uh, yeah. There's some complaining about hiking. Yep. Which Cassie's like, I like hiking. How is it To be fair, though, they are hiking, but they're not on any kind of a trail or anything. Like, they're going yeah. through forest and up mountains, yeah. just like making mm-hmm. their own way, which is. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't and sound I, I, enjoyable to me, but. Yeah, I'm surprised why appreciate... they didn't just all morph wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, why don't they? Like, okay, um, good point. But um, Marco just like, Cassie just like, yeah, what could be more relaxing and rattles it off. And Cassie just grins and starts like pushing him up the hill. Just like, keep telling yourself we're having fun with nature. (laughs) (laughs) Which is just a very good visual. Um, But everyone is hungry. He hears, Tobias hears Marco complaining as such. And uh, yeah, hunger gets the better of Tobias. And uh, he spots a mouse, so he dives for it. Um. Another, the I felt great. The hawk part of me, the hawk part of the hawk part of my mind, has a pretty simple outlook on life. When it eats, it's happy. There's a very satisfying sensation that comes from doing a job well, even when the job is hunting mice. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes, or he spots a helicopter flying in, but he's yep. gotten too far away from the others to hear his thoughts speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and these helicopters uh, are moving fast, faster than him. Yeah, so he fucking makes a break for it. He's flying as fast as he fucking can, trying to yell at them to tell them to get off the trail and morph. Because if the helicopters see a bunch of humans walking with the hork they're gonna know something the fuck is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gets caught in the slipstream of uh, one of the helicopters, um, and it throws him sideways through the air. He hits a branch and breaks his wing and falls uh and what's worse is he's Mm. not alone i will say he doesn't it says i hit a branch snap but it's i think it's the whip the force of the wind just breaks his wing Mm -hmm. because the snap he hears is his bone yeah i is i read that as that it was the force of the wind doing it but maybe he did just hit a tree and it broke his wing and that's why he's hearing snap rather than a branch snapping when he mm-hmm. hits it but either way the kick the fucking slipstream thrown off a like a because he describes it as being like a tornado yeah so and then as he's 
lying there helpless, as he says, helpless as only a flightless bird can be helpless. He says, panic caught me up and caught me and carried me along. No, my friends needed me. Tobias. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I couldn't just lie there on the leaves. No. Tobias. Yeah. And then I saw the end coming for me. Not a bobcat, not a taxon or a hawk bajir or a yerk of any kind. Just a humble, ordinary, everyday raccoon. Yep. And raccoon's gonna raccoon. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, and this raccoon uh, grabs Tobias by the broken wing and starts dragging him. Yep. And Tobias can't get away. And he can't bring himself around to attack the raccoon either. And the raccoon is smart enough to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Tobias hears something even worse, which is the sound of water rushing over stones. Uh, I heard the gurgling sound of, of water rushing over stones. Horror filled me. The fear was so terrible, I almost fainted. You see, I knew what was coming next. People say raccoons wash their food. Actually, that's not true. Raccoons do sometimes run water over their food, but it's not about cleanliness. Raccoons are careful eaters. With their sensitive paws, they dig through the meal, through the meat, feeling for anything they don't want. The water rushing over their paws helps them feel. The raccoon was going to eat me, and it didn't really care if I was still alive. I felt ice-cold water flow through my feathers, and I felt the busy fingers of the raccoon. Like... It's so horrifying. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. And like Tobias is screaming yeah. to a deaf forest. And I mean, he's this like... is the most panicked we've mm-hmm. ever seen him. Yeah. And yeah. it has nothing to do with the Yerks, nothing to do with Fork Bajir. And mm-hmm. he is full on panic mode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he's panicking, the Elemist speaks to him. Just like, you asked Fima for payment in exchange for using you. Would you like your reward now? Now, now, yes, now would be a really good time. It is done. What's done? Nothing is done, you lunatic. I'm still a bird. Of course. Help me. And the raccoon is like just looking at Tobias, figuring out where to bite first. And the element says, the Andalite gave you power. Use it. That's my reward. That's all. You're giving me back my morphing power. It's what you wanted. I wanted to be human again. I screamed, you liar, you cheat. I want to be human. But the Elemist said nothing more. And my problem right then was the raccoon. So uh, Tobias, using one of his hind legs, uh, grabs he with his talon, grabs one of the raccoon's legs and acquires the raccoon. Focus or get eaten. Yeah. And as he acquires this DNA, uh, acquires a raccoon and then starts to construct, he starts to morph for the first time in a very long time. Mm-hmm. He's only morphed a cat and the hawk before. And uh, this raccoon, on seeing this, fucks off. He's just like, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Uh, he, he, he was a smart, wily old scrapper, and he knew better than to hang around at a place where birds turn into raccoons. <laughs> he waddled away. <laughs> and yeah, so Tobias is there as a raccoon and uh, takes off running to get to the others. He's pissed, obviously. Um, but, uh, and he's caught for a moment. He's just like, 
the running on the ground and he's like revels in a moment it's scary no way he's not used to but uh quickly realizes that the uh the raccoon isn't fast enough uh the raccoon instincts are hard uh, easy enough it's just that he couldn't move quickly enough i do love this moment when he starts running and you know how amazing it is to be running again and you know says the ground was so close below me it was scary in a way i kept thinking pull up pull up in my guts, I felt this need for altitude. Like, he is not in the hawk body anymore, but... He wants to be. He still has the remnants of those hawk instincts because mm-hmm. they are part of him now. Like, even when he is in a different morph, mm-hmm. I think it just goes back yeah. to that whole, he is this hybrid human and hawk now. He is not one or the other. Because yeah. in theory, he has no hawk instincts right now. He's a raccoon. But his body but it's, knows it's still there. How to like, be? Yeah, it's so much a part of him. He's still thinking like a hawk, even when he's in other morphs. Yeah. And we see that kind of going forward too, as he starts morphing more again. Yeah, um, and he realizes that if he remorphs back into his hawk form, uh, it will fix the broken wing, wouldn't it? Yeah, because that's how it works for everybody else. So I focused. I closed my weak raccoon eyes and focused on a different body, a body with feathers and wings. And slowly I became myself again. Myself? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I flew. I'd only been without my wings for a few minutes, but I still felt weirded out. I mean, I know the others are being used to being in different bodies, but I'm not. But, yep, yeah, and he flies and he's got a thing to worry about right now. He can't focus on this. Um. And he realizes as he catches up with everybody that the helicopters are still there. There are people on the ground. And Spot realizes that um, they are starting a forest fire to hunt down and trap the others. Yeah, to chase them into the waiting controllers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he manages to spot Axe, a pale blue deer with a scorpion's tail, just like... Axe axes me twice. Hello, Tobias, Axe said as calmly as if nothing were happening. Where is everyone? They are nearby. We seem to be in a trap. Just like, <laughs> I love Axe so much. Um, but he, said, he explains that everybody, the Yerks are shooting anything that rises over the trees. But uh, just like a bear crashes into the clearing and he's like, I hope, Rachel, I really hope that's you because I've had enough close calls today. Um, <laughs> it's just very good. Um, but everyone's uh, there. They catch up. Marco again is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just like figuring out what to do now. They have about five minutes. Yeah. And then this is such a good idea. I love this plan mm-hmm. so much. This is so freaking smart. Yeah. Because uh, they realize that they're not going to stop until the Hawk Vajira are dead. Or captured. Or captured. And knowing that Jet and, uh, sorry, Ket and Jera, see, I knew that would happen eventually, um, <laughs> would rather die. Just like, okay, we'll show them a dead hawk with you, so then they'll stop chasing. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Tobias is going to uh, morph a hawk with you. Yep. And everyone's I- like, say what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> And it was like, so that's what the Elemist and Axe is just like fucking Elemists. He doesn't, but you know, the vibe is there. 
Um, and meanwhile, Rachel is just fucking seething. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he did for you? I thought he was going to make you human again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Cassie, meanwhile, oh, no. Yeah. And to advice is like, no, it looks like I'm a full member of the team again. I can morph, but I guess it means it looks like I'll still be a hawk. I'll be keeping my wings. Yep. Um, and he's just like, there's no time for pity right now. No time for anger. Nothing he can do to the Elemist. So, and this is the plan now. And this, really, that the rest of this is, is that. And yeah. it's just... <sighs> Marco's got the difficult part of the plan. Yeah. Uh, actually, which is fun. And Jake is going to be flying cover, which Tobias explicitly expresses as my old job. Mm -hmm. And Jake says, yeah, let's hope I do it as well as you always did. Yep. Just like, thank you, Jake, for acknowledging mm -hmm. Tobias's efforts. Yep. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, so Tobias acquires Cat as a morph. Um, and yeah. Turns Oops. into a hork uh, It's exciting. Um, Rachel's still bitter about it. I guess that's mm -hmm. something, at least. Um, uh, Tobias continues to push away his anger. Uh, mm -hmm. A predator is never angry, just hungry. Anger only gets in the way. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, he becomes the hork -Bajir. It's really cool. Um, mm -hmm. And they, they make the joke that his feet didn't change at all, just got bigger. Yeah, mm -hmm. the Hork-Bajir feet are very similar to Raptor Talon. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, so we have Rachel and Tobias on the run. Marco is going to go do his part of the plan. Jake is eyes in the sky. Yep. Uh, and Axe and Cassie are heading off to be in the right place. Yep. And. <laughs> And yeah. Rachel Rachel checks in on Tobias before they start running. Uh, sure, why wouldn't I be? Well, you haven't exactly had a great day, she said. I laughed grimly. I'm a freak of nature, Rachel. Any day I stay alive is a good day for me. Just stab me in the chest. Whatever. Yep. Yeah. yep. Basically. Uh, but they start uh, running. Jake is not great uh, at his <laughs> job. <laughs> Bless. He's, he's not... He's not bad. Like, he does his job. But, he, but he's also not used to this. Mm -hmm. uh, and we do have this moment of, like, projection, definitely, from Spice, like, easy for you to be cocky, you're up there safe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love this when Jake's giving them directions, and he says, okay, you're almost there. You guys know which direction to go after the Yerks catch your trail, right? Rachel says, yeah, we know, we know, mother. What are we, mm -hmm. idiots? Then to me, she said, we do know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And Tobias is like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, but yeah, we have this uh, moment, just like, God, Jake is bad at describing things. Just like, just on the other, like, oh, guys, there's a pair of taxons just on the other side of that pile of rocks. What pile of rocks? Oh, well, I can see that it's a pile of rocks from here. <laughs> from where you are, it's probably just a thick tangle of weeds and thorns. And just like it's like ladies first to Rachel, she's like, no, no, after you, I insist. And it's just quality bounce. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, they, and they run into these taxons. Yep. Which they knew were there. To be fair, and Tobias uh, and immediately like, wants to fight them. 
Yeah, allies, not just slaves of the Irks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have this moment where Twice really wants to fight, and Rachel is the one. She's like, "That's not the plan." Um, and she's like, they, "And he's clearly like." And Rachel calls him, and she's like, "Yes, I know you're mad at the Elmis, but this isn't. You can't get back at him by doing this, mm-hmm. and it's not the time and place for him to be mad." Um. And it and Rachel gets through to him. Yep. So. Uh, so they run, uh, and they're being chased. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, have they basically have to cut the trail themselves while the uh, while the things that are chasing them don't have to, so it's slowing them down. But it's not very far to the ravine. Um, Jake manages. Uh, after some difficulty to find uh, something that will uh, give them an alternate route to the ravine. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that how that uh, Tobias has to basically coach Jake through what he should be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, look for a gully or ditch that runs across our path. The deeper, the better. Um, Jake spots one. Uh, <laughs> Fails on a left or right moment. <laughs> yeah. Left. From his no, perspective no. versus theirs, to be fair. Like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Tobias and Rachel managed to go into a stream, dive out of view, um, and keep running without being caught. Um, Unfortunately, it gets to the point where the fires move around that there is a line of Hawkshire that they're going to have to go through to get to the ravine. Yep. So Tobias is going to get his fight. Yep. Uh... But yeah, they burst out of the trees um, into the area where this ravine is and basically run headlong into the line of Hork-Bajir warriors. Uh, there's a quick, dirty fight. Um, just- there's this moment where Tobias is like on his back because um, mm-hmm. his leg's been taken out for a moment and Jake does what he always does and dive bombs this hawk bajir and takes her eyes out, takes mm-hmm. its eyes out. It's like, even in pain, lying there a second away from death, I thought I had never seen something so perfect in my life. Mm. <sighs> yeah, see, it's useful, isn't it, Tobias? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, even with a messed up leg, Tobias uh, realizes he can use his tail for balance um, and make fast enough speed. Yep. Um, Rachel still gets out of exchange him. between yep. Jake and Tobias. Um, which is cute um, but yeah and then given the directions and Rachel takes a leap between these two saplings and then falls out of sight yep into the ravine mm-hmm. uh, Visser 3 is here um, always there a second time in his andalite form yep and Tobias realises that uh the only way that he can make it to the ravine is, is by so just straight up charging Visser 3. This is so dumb and ballsy. It's great. Um, um, which accomplishes two things. One, he gets to ham up the fact that Ket Hellpack uh, mm-hmm. is choosing death over being captured mm-hmm. again. And two, Visser 3 realizes he has to get out of the way or else he's also going to go over the ravine edge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's glorious. Even if he were to kill the hork mm-hmm. as it was rushing at him, the momentum mm-hmm. would carry him over. So yeah. he has to just step aside. 
Yeah. Yep. And so he jumps, he falls, and then a brutish massive arm shot out from the side of the cliff wall. A fist the size of Virginia baked ham grabbed my leg. I stopped falling. I slammed into the ravine wall and the massive arm yanked me back upwards right up into the shallow cave, into the ravine wall. Mm-hmm. No earth animal could have possi- could have pos- could possibly have caught a falling seven foot tall hawk in midair. No animal except gorilla. Yeah. Um, and Marco just shoves him into the back of the cave where Rachel's also chilling. Yeah. And uh, down at the bottom of the ravine uh, is two very dead looking hawk bajir as a pair of hungry wolves are already tearing at their dead flesh. Um, as Cassie and Jake play act. Some uh, feasting wolves, mm-hmm. and yeah, and we get some good monologuing from Vista Three at the top of the ravine, mm-hmm. just like no one escapes the Yurk Empire. Certainly not a pair of idiot hawk bajir. Um, just gives them the laughing, just like that's what awaits anyone who tries to escape the Yurks. Um, and that the wolves will give them both the burial they deserve. Yeah. Uh, but it works. Mm-hmm. The forces, the Yurk forces clear out and they get uh, Ket and Jara to this little valley. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice little valley. It's got like all the things you could possibly want there. Bunch of trees, river, lake, uh, some caves. It's got um, berry little, bushes. Yeah, this little narrow entrance that the mm-hmm. Hobbs can barely get through. So yep. it's not going to be stumbled on. Yeah. They wonder if it's always been there or if the Elemis just created it for this purpose. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. <laughs> I'm guessing probably did because that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing he does with his non interfering. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a, so much variety in there. Um, and uh, Jara, and you know, just like, is this it? It's like, yep. And it's like, good place uh, for Kawatnaj. Uh, and Jake's like, you what? <laughs> uh, he doesn't say you what, that's me paraphrasing. Yeah, just like, I heard them use that word before, Jara Hami, what does Kawatnaj mean? And the two Hawkbajir just laugh again. It's like, Kawatnaj, small Hawkbajir, small Jara Hami, small Jet Halpek, children. They're going to have a little baby hawk bajir. It'll be the first hawk bajir born into freedom in a very long time. The not Elemist that long. Never, not that long, but you know. <laughs> I mean, when when you were 13 years old, you probably thought 20 or 25 was like... Mm, it's true. Yes, it's annoying yeah. as hell. Uh, the Elemist did not lie. The valley exists. Um, no, he didn't lie. Not about this anyway. Marco was gross. Yep. I'm not going to say it. Because it's gross. Uh, then just like, um, and then Mark, because it is, of course, Mark asks, but I've got to ask, big guy, how do you tell a male hawk bajir from a female? And Jarrah looks male, female, what meaning? Go ahead, Marco, explain. <laughs> Cassie teased. <laughs> uh, but Ket understands, like, it um, just explains that three horns versus two horns. Mark's like, that's the only difference. And just like, other difference too, Ket Halfwick said primly, but only for hawk bajir to know. <laughs> um, and it's good. Uh, everyone leaves. Hawkbush gets saddled. Um, Tobias observes that this could be a really 
good place um, for him to, in theory, but he mm-hmm. has his own territory to go back to. The whole mm-hmm. Bashir had their Eden, the others all had their homes, and I had my meadow. Because as nice as it is, they're not going to be out. The Hawkbashir can't leave that valley until right. the Yerks are gone. And it's a ways out <laughs> mm-hmm. from the, the city. Uh, the next day was Sunday. Not that it matters to Tobias. Rachel comes by to see her, but he avoids. Rachel comes by to see Tobias, but he avoids her. Um, and because he doesn't want... He doesn't want to talk to her. He doesn't want her to tell him that it's all going to be okay. Um, And knowing Rachel, she'd help me curse and blame the Elemist. But I didn't want pity, not even Rachel's pity. I was dealing with things, but I was barely dealing. And I felt like if someone was nice to me, I'd fall totally apart. Uh, I'm a predator, a raptor, a hawk. I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. Uh, So he kind of just goes about his routine. He goes back to mapping entrances to the Yerk Pool, and that night he uh, is not fine. Um, Axe comes to talk to him, but he doesn't want to talk to Axe either. Um, yeah. Um, and Axe does, to be fair. Mm-hmm. He takes the hint and then leaves. Uh, and then this, yeah, I love this. Yeah. I, I knew I was just this. feeling sorry for myself, but too bad. I had reason to feel sorry for myself. So this is going to be it, I told myself bitterly. This is your life. No home, no bed, no school, nothing human. I formed a picture in my mind of human life. I saw a warm golden light and a TV and couches and beds and tables. Food that came in boxes and cans, books and magazines, games, stuff. And I saw my parents, at least the way I remembered my parents, from photographs. I'd been too young when they'd left to really be able to remember them, but I used to have pictures of them. That was the life I would never have again. Human life. But you know, even as I was wallowing in self-pity, I knew I was being dishonest. Maybe that warm, fuzzy, golden life was how some people lived, but it wasn't how I had lived. Not really. Okay, I thought. Okay, so maybe my life as a human sucked too. That doesn't mean I want to spend the rest of my life as a bird. And yet I had another memory, more recent. I saw myself the way I had appeared when the Elemist had taken me into the turquoise mist. I saw myself half bird, half human. No, I said to myself. I shook off the image. Just an Elemist trick. I tried to stop thinking. I needed sleep, that's all. I just needed a good night's sleep. I'd be fine in the morning. I closed my eyes and tried to turn off the busy human mind that lived alongside the hawk's simpler intelligence. I closed my eyes, and when I opened them again, I was not in my tree. And instead, he's in a bedroom uh, where someone is sleeping in a disheveled bed. um, Someone with blonde hair. Uh, And the person who's in the bed is himself. Tobias flutters to the nightstand, and it wakes the person who's sleeping. And Tobias tells him it's just a dream. My heart was beating so fast I thought it would explode, but at the same time I felt a weird calm, like I knew what was going to happen, like it had all happened already. Uh, He sees a calendar and sees that it's the day before he walked through the construction site with Jake and Marco and Cassie and Rachel. A dream? The sleeper sat up in his bed. He peered at me and I saw a troubled expression in his eyes. I know you, don't I? Kind of, I said, and I know you, Tobias. How do you know my name? 
I can't tell you that, but listen, Tobias, I... What could I say? What could I possibly say to my old self? I couldn't tell him everything would be all right. I didn't know that. I couldn't tell him what was about to happen to him. No sane person would believe it. Besides, I had forgotten this dream. Hadn't I? Tobias, I said. Walk home with Jake. Walk through the construction site. What? I just laughed a little sadly. Why had I told him to do that? Why had I sent him to the construction site? It was there that everything had begun. It was there I had started down the path that led to my being trapped as a hawk. I knew the truth now. I could see it clearly. I was looking at myself back when I was human. I was, and looking at myself, I couldn't escape the truth. That wasn't me anymore. I wasn't Tobias the human. I had become something else, something new. What had the Elemis said? You are a beginning. You are a point on which an entire timeline may turn. Uh, and Tobias tells human Tobias to go back to sleep. Uh, and human Tobias is too excited to go back to sleep. Uh, and so Hawk Tobias says he'll help. And he acquires himself. Um, and when he opens his eyes again, he's back in his tree. Had it been real, or was it all just some silly dream? Don't forget, a huge voice said. Two hours, Tobias. I didn't ask what the Elemist meant. I knew. I had acquired my own human DNA, but it was just a morph. If I stayed in my old human body, I would be trapped there forever. Never again to morph. Never again to be a hawk. Never again to fly. Have I kept my promise? Yes, I said. And are you happy, Tobias? And we have a chapter break. And it is the Monday when Rachel was set to receive the Packard Foundation Outstanding Student Award. Uh, and Tobias is there. Uh, and he waits in the shadows until uh, everyone is filing out. Uh, and Rachel is the last to come out. Uh, oh, she was beautiful as always, and she had the usual Rachel swagger. Yeah. I saw Cassie give her a wink as she walked by. Rachel rolled her eyes, self-mocking, and Cassie laughed. When she passed by where Marco was sitting, Marco made a phony bow. You know, like he was bowing before some idol. Rachel laughed and shook her head. And then she was right there in front of me. I saw her eyes sweep over me indifferent and then look past me towards the door. She stopped walking. She turned to me. Her eyes were wide. Hi, Rachel, I said with a human voice. I and we love the scene so much. It's so like, good. Oh god, it's so good. <sighs> and that's book thirteen, y'all. Yep. Oh. Gonna let Jen and Danielle have a moment. Yeah, I need it. I need it. <laughs> just a bit. I love them. I yeah. <laughs> it's very good. <sighs> Uh, okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm okay. Just, I'm fine. Just I, Tobias being human for Rachel. Yep. I'm fine. It's fine. Mm -hmm. And her recognizing him. I she know. Has this picture. Mm hmm. <sighs> it's good. It's, it's incredibly really good. good. Um, but yeah. So, um, I don't think we got any discussion points here for this one. Not really, no. 
Uh, Hearn made some comments in the Discord, uh, but they didn't necessarily have any questions. Just a lot of this is really uh, the start of a lot of arcs that we see kind of fulfilled in the Hork-Bajir and Elamist Chronicles, which is true. Um, and also the Andalite Chronicles. Uh, I'm so excited to read the Andalite Chronicles for next is time. up next? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, it's good shit. Um, um, but yeah, so I, let's... Oh, go on. It's just thinking about the end with his conversation with the Elamist. Um, mm-hmm. Just like... Because Tobias cursed the Elamist mm-hmm. when the Elamist just gave him the power to morph back. Because Tobias wants to be human again. He wants to be himself again. But also recognizes that that's not who he is, really. Mm-hmm. And then just here, this opportunity, you're Tobias the Hawk, but you can become Tobias the Human for two hours at a time. Well, and I like, yeah, and he accepts that that is what he wants. You know, the Elemis says, have I kept my promise? Did I yeah. give you what you want? He says, yes. Yeah. yeah. The chance to be human. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say, and if- I assume this is the case. And one, if I have to recommend this movie because it's actually an incredibly good movie. Mm. Uh, Lady Hawk, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, and Rutger Hauer. Mm. And I would put a big old bet that uh, Kay Applegate has seen it. And the premise is there is these two people mm. who are in love. She is a hawk by day and a woman at night. He is a man by day and a wolf at night. Yep. And they can only be together in human form for like hmm. an hour each day. I have, not. have you not seen this movie? Yeah, I haven't seen it either. So when it was first pitched to me, it was like, oh, yeah, there's this hawk in it. And I was like, yeah, OK, that's cool. And then I didn't really watch it, even though like Richard was playing it at his house during a whatnot mm-hmm. day or whatever. And I was like, yeah, and it, it didn't really hold my interest. And then later, um, my friend Allison on Tumblr was like was talking about it and described it how you just described it and I was like why did nobody tell me that that's what it is that's my shit yeah like lovers separated by curse and there's like an evil priest because there's always an evil priest and a very young Matthew Broderick yeah it's like it's it's part of the good 80s fantasy along with like Willow and Legend it's part of that set of films Mm -hmm. that Really high budget 80s fantasy that was there for a while. And uh, yeah, it's good. You should check it out. <laughs> Everybody should watch Lady Hawk just to experience it. Yeah. Um, but yes, so that's immediately what I thought of while reading that. But that ability to be human for a small amount of time. Yeah. To be that. Is, is yeah. Good shit. Yeah. And it's, it's good. like, it, it will continue. It isn't resolved here. This will continue to be a source of tension because he has the opportunity now, if he so chose, to turn into a human and stay human. He wouldn't have to be a hawk anymore. But now... He'd be out of the fight. Exactly. He'd be out of the fight even more so than he is already. Than he was before he could morph again. Right. And... It's, it's go ahead. It's like it's something that could could the Elemist have made him fully human again? I, I I don't know. I don't know enough about the law yet. But mm-hmm. to restore an ability that was lost, 
to bestow the ability that the cube, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the name of this podcast again? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but the Elemist is the one that gives him this way of going back in time. Yeah. Yeah. To do this. Yeah. I mean, so, I have to assume that the Elemist could have made him human yeah. and mm-hmm. restored his morphing ability. Yeah. I but think he, he knows that that isn't really what Tobias wanted and yeah. also probably isn't what would have been best for the group as a whole. Yeah. Because that would have complicated things in a whole different yeah. way. Tobias doesn't have anywhere to live. He has nowhere to go. Yeah. Nowhere to live. Like, um, yeah. And he's still a minor. He could have been sent away, you know, yeah. to a, so. In an argument, this is like, I don't like it because it is like, it's like, this is the best option that the animus could have given Tobias. Yes, yes, it is. In this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact is, like, and also, like, that whole thing about, like, do you know what you want? Mm-hmm. And giving Tobias, this way Tobias is making the choice. Yes. Arguably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. that, there's, the fact that there's power in that, I mean, my non-binary ass is sitting here just like, yes, please, mm-hmm. give me this. Um... <laughs> What was your what was the superpower you wanted, kid? I wanted to shape shift twenty odd years later. Oh, non binary, huh? Go fucking figure. Go fucking figure. Um, but yeah, I, I as I said, for all the elements of this book that run me the wrong way, I really like this book. As I said at the mm-hmm. top, I can see yeah. why book thirteen is so yeah. potent, especially for the Tobias peoples. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like what you said at the beginning about how it kind of widens the the scope of the series up a little bit. Like, not mm-hmm. just for Tobias, obviously, you know, gives him more agency and more ways of, of being involved. But also with the Hork-Bajir, learning more about them, bringing in the free Hork-Bajir gives... It's like the chi, right? Like, we got mm-hmm. the chi that kind of widened our, our scope of the series. Now we have the free Hork-Bajir that we can work with. And it's yeah. just opening up the... Mm-hmm. series to all these new options and yeah it's and giving like, them a new perspective on on what yes. they're actually doing yeah but it also again it brings the horror of what they're doing in as well just like yeah. these people that we're having to fight yeah because it becomes that little bit harder and i suppose right. because i know that and i don't think this is what you say the yerk peace movement becomes a thing later mm-hmm. and like knowing what they know and I'm looking forward to seeing that be expanded, even if I get the feeling that it's handled badly in places, judging by how Danielle talks about it. And by yeah. talks, I mean yells about it. Um, but again, it's that seeing the extent of what the Yerks do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fallibility of the Andalites. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Just and that sort of your uh, chronicles, Jay. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. But it <laughs> oh, underscores man. the fallibility of that, and it also puts the mistakes that the animals can make into perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, good. I love any any book that gives us more background and more lore, and gives us more information about the you know, the world, not oh. just the five kids and acts, mm-hmm. but. Everyone oh, else this, involved. It's, it's oh, this good. bitch got it's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bitch got. Yes. 
listener. So um, I got to ask, what is your favorite part of this book? As these are our ending questions. I know. Uh... I love the ending. Like, yeah, just, the I ending's the just end so good. So much. Mm-hmm. It's really very good. I also um, like. I like so much about it. And I, I love yeah. seeing the Horkvajir together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, their cute moments are just very cute and good. Mm-hmm. I think for me, my favorite is the moment of Tobias going back and talking to himself, mm-hmm. acknowledging that he is a beginning. And that conversation with himself and the act of acquiring that act of acquiring his own DNA feels like taking agency in such an interesting way mm-hmm. and giving his younger self a moment of peace, but also knowing the path that he's putting himself on. Mm-hmm. That's the good time travel shit that I like as well. Yes. Yeah. And just like that whole, pr- and then that exchange with the Elemist. And I like that we don't have Tobias saying out loud an answer to the question of if he is happy. Because mm-hmm. I think that's important. Yeah. Because things are not clear cut like that in these books. Yeah. And I appreciate that K.A. respect their young audience enough to say no or yes. To leave that open ended. Because I, I think it's both. I think you, right. you can be happy and deeply unsatisfied. Yes. So um, yeah, Danielle, I think it was your note in the doc um, when he goes back to acquire himself, and mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, we once again have that question of would he change things if he could? Would he would he go back and stay human or become a hockey? You know, the internal mm-hmm. question with Tobias, and we kind of get our answer there. Mm-hmm. Like he does have that choice in a way, and he makes sure that things happen the way that they have happened again. So. Yeah. There's something beautiful about like inevitability and choice and destiny and what was the thing I fucking read earlier? Was it on Tumblr? Can't remember where I read it, and I'm real sorry for not knowing the original quote. Uh, but it's something about how um people uh, who accept their fate are happy. People mm. that defy their fate are great, or something like yeah. that, or achieve greatness. Yeah. yeah. And it's just sort of like kind of doing both. Yeah. But yeah, for a character that more than anybody else has had his agency taken away to choose to give, to say to himself, go do this. Because mm-hmm. Tobias is making the choice. Yeah. And he chooses to acquire himself to get that freedom to then get to go be human for a little bit mm-hmm. when he wants to be. Did you have a favorite part? Oh, me? It was mm-hmm. it was Tobias going back. Okay. Yeah. Or that whole exchange with himself yeah. and then the Elemist. It's very good. I yeah. I just I love how often in this book it it really truly feels like Tobias wants to be human because he thinks that's what he should want. Big autistic mood. Um, because yeah. every single time he refers to himself in this book, 
Mm-hmm. He refers to himself as a hawk. Yes. And when he's not intentionally thinking about it, exactly thinking about what he is, he refers to himself as a predator and as a hawk. But when he sits down to think about it, he's like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm a human." Yeah. Rrr. Yeah. Why not both? Yeah. Kind of los dos. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Nothing I'd say, I don't know, some of the stuff bothered me, I guess, about the portrayal of the Horbership didn't surprise me because yeah. I sort of have been, had been forewarned. I wasn't expecting to see the going back in time a little bit and Tobias making the show. That was a cool yeah. narrative plot beat yeah. that I really dug. Um, uh, for you both, is there anything that going back and rereading this book sounds like no from the amount of emotional weight you both have with it. <laughs> no. Is there anything that on rereading going... <laughs> Oh yeah, this happened. Um, I mean, as a kid, I definitely didn't pick up on how on how terribly the Horkbajir are treated and talked about mm-hmm. as much. Um, at least not in the same way that I do now. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it it didn't strike me as so just really really gross. Um, so that wasn't surprising because you know having looked back on it i i knew that's how it was but it was it was definitely a different experience from reading it as a kid yeah yeah for sure um i think that's probably the best way to put it is that um, i wasn't surprised by anything but it was it did feel like a different experience reading it now than it did before um still that raccoon scene <laughs> It's chilling. I know like, we brought it up before recording, but I want to say it on recording. Yeah, like, talk about it. Talk about it here. That's what this is. Yeah. This part, this what it's, the podcast is for. Now, in my head, like many of these scenes, that was a much longer scene than it actually was. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to happen frequently with animorphs. Uh, but like. <laughs> It's the reason why everybody else is like, oh, raccoons are so cute. Look at their tiny hands. And I'm like, yeah, but. Yeah, but also, <laughs> raccoons are terrifying. Just like wall flashbacks for Tanya. <laughs> yeah. I don't have quite the same like visceral reaction to raccoons as I do ants because of mm-hmm. this scene, but it, yeah. it definitely has stuck with me. Like, yeah. it's. Yeah, it's. it's uh, yeah. It's terrifying. Say, this is why I'm terrible, because this is just like where we go, Danielle, make bad things happen to us in Morph More and Dumb Kids, yeah? Because that <laughs> shit of people. I mean, to be fair, there's a reason why Dante does not morph much, and it's because he got squished as a tarantula and yep. couldn't morph back. So, and we're struggling. So, yeah, like, give us some more negative. Hurt us, Danielle. Look, I know you want to. Do the thing. <laughs> Bring Careful the pain what you wish for, Jade. <laughs> oh, please! I said I'm making things so bad for my own character right now. Really, I just want help at this point. <laughs> when so. was I talking to you that I was like, "You can't hurt me in a way that matters"? Was that on Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was Thursday. <laughs> we're recording them, just like yeah, I can sure I can. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. But these, those visceral moments of helplessness and things like yeah. that, mm-hmm. like that is so potent. Yes, and I think it's yeah. 
Yeah, and I like that scene too because we're we we always see with Tobias him him and the others acknowledging that he has to deal with you know dangers mm-hmm. and things that mm-hmm. the others don't because of mm-hmm. his situation. And we we see you know him talking about like the blue jays and the crows and you know all these things that he has to be careful of. But I think this is mm-hmm. kind of the first time we've really really seen yeah like, yeah like the oh, bobcat be before. really bad shit yeah be really bad for him yep um yeah that was kind of nice to you know well not nice it was you. terrible and yeah. traumatic and i cry but en- engaging um, i guess yes yes Narr- but um all i really appreciate is after the moment happens and he's like back in the in the raccoon where he's no longer later he doesn't beg any kind of grudge to that raccoon no yeah. it's just no. like that's a wily old raccoon i'm not going to give him a hard time which is interesting because, like, he's very like on other birds and stuff that he's got mopped. Yeah. Like, he can be. We've seen him be petty, and it's been very funny. He is very. But in petty. that moment, he just and it's very funny yeah. and good. But he just like yeah, and the raccoon just walks off. He's just like yeah, fair. He's just like an old wily old raccoon that's been doing this for a while. He's just like yeah, no, I'm gonna fuck with that. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this raccoon is now voiced by Austin Walker in my head. <laughs> <laughs> But I like that it's just like accepts that and doesn't bear a grudge for it. Right. Because he is as much part of that world as he is anything else. Yep. And it's really good and narratively satisfying. Mm-hmm. And part of why Tobias is such a good character. Yep. Yep. I really it's, hate how Marco was written in this book. Oh, it's God, so bad. Terrible. It's really bad. Like it was. It was frustrating. So it's like Rachel gets a good presence in this book, but mm-hmm. and we get some good beats from Axe, mm-hmm. which is cool to see. But we very we yeah. see very little of Cassie and Jake, and then we have loads of Marco being a douchebag. And I'm like, everything, everything he says is terrible in this. Why book. is this here? Yeah. Why was this deemed necessary? And it bothers me because so much of who Marco is characterization wise is not that whole toxic masculinity bullshit. Yeah. And then just like, oh, yeah, but we need somebody, apparently, because it was the mid 90s. So making jokes about gender and stuff like that was all the rage. I think about what sitcom kind of jokes sitcoms mm-hmm. were making about men and women yep. then. And it's all like, I get it, but I hate it. And I mm-hmm. don't want that. And I don't like seeing it in books for children. Yep. Especially when you think about, because Marco, yeah, he's the jokester. You're not supposed to take him seriously all the time. But other times, he's the smart one. Mm-hmm. And to have that shit come out of the mouth that the books characterize as the smart person yep. yeah. is bad. And we didn't see him as being the smart one in this book at all like he didn't really have yeah. any moments of insight or no other you know, people had planning. the insight moments as well mm-hmm. um, we saw him playing his part in the plan and making a really difficult move because but it we wasn't didn't say his it plan he no executed the plan for once like yeah it, yeah exactly so yeah it was just it was very odd characterization of him yeah I don't don't love yeah. it yeah, yeah the only other i nice callback about his part in the plan uh it's just mm-hmm. like Again, Marco being the one specifically to save Tobias's ass, because and it comes back to the good reflexes thing with the video mm-hmm. games, because he's the one that smashed the window in the mall with a baseball. Yeah, yeah. 
And now we see him being far the um, and the fact that Marco obviously had the morph to do it, mm-hmm. but having the instincts, like being able to pull the move off. Mm-hmm. True. And yeah. I hate that that was the one redeeming thing we got from him in this book and a couple of funny lines. Yeah. Under an overwhelming barrage of eh. I don't need it. I, I don't I guess... want it. He, he's bad enough about Rachel some of the time anyway, but I can yeah. let a certain amount of teen boys going to be teen boys, mm-hmm. but plenty of teen boys aren't like this. Yes. Right. Jake and Tobias are not like this. Yeah. No. Generally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was very odd. And I mean, I guess, well, as for not seeing a whole lot of Jake and Cassie really, that's sort of typical for a Tobias book. Like we've mentioned, mm-hmm. they tend to be more introspective just because of the nature of, you know, he's a bird. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so, um, so we don't always get to see as much yeah. of the other characters. Um, but what we did see of Marco was just not, not, it was, it was bad. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Very bad. It was bad writing and doesn't fit with the characterization that we've seen in previous books either. Yep. Right. That we saw in the last book. Mm-hmm. He was great in 12. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, we've talked about like Marco and Tobias getting on pretty well mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, because like uh, I was saying in our last recording, I find it really interesting the perspective we get on the other characters. Mm-hmm. Like, and the observations about who they are as people. Because yep. we're saying about how in a Rachel book you see how awesome Cassie is because that's how mm-hmm. Rachel views Cassie mm-hmm. and how it was nice seeing such a positive look on Marco in a Rachel book. Right. Because obviously their relationship is so contentious a lot of the time. And like with Tobias, we get stuff about Axe mm-hmm. generally because of that. And then, but that's why this was kind of shitty because like Jake has been nasty to Jake uh, to Tobias recently. So seeing those good little moments between Tobias and Jake was really cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm yeah. just mad about it. Uh, I wish I could done say my boy dirty, Ka. You done my yep. boy dirty. <laughs> yep. I wish I could say that they do better by the Horkvajir, but they don't. They super don't. It just continues to be this way. Arguably, gets worse. Right. Let's um, look forward to then. Yep. It's, uh, I love Jarrah and Ket so much. I do too. Thank you, Danielle, for making the Hawkbusier better in I, our game. I did the bare minimum. <laughs> and look really. how far you've come by doing <laughs> the bare minimum. Uh, they just, they deserve like, so much better. Yeah. Fucking baby animals. Just like, yeah, we got Hawk. As soon as there was the option for a Hawkbusier morph, we were on that. <laughs> Give us the morph. Yes. I want to be a seven foot tall lizard with knives. Right? That was awesome. <laughs> I do not to play down the horrible treatment of the Horkbajir because it is horrible and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I do see they really emphasize the Horkbajir just being pawns and being a victim yeah. of this war, right? Like yeah. they are they are given no agency because they are all taken over. Right? Yeah. And that's and 
So for that purpose, I can see mm-hmm. where they're kind of coming from of of writing them the way they they did of of making them just this peaceful species that is being used against their will as a weapon. Mm-hmm. But it could have been done a lot better, guys. Mm-hmm. Like there's yeah. ways of doing that that have the same emotional weight, you know, and mm-hmm. have the same kind of feel without being gross and patronizing and yeah just yeah Yeah. at the end of the day the reader's perceptions are framed by the view the frame that we are given which is the view of the kids Mm -hmm. and so we can see as adults and have that perspective of like the moments of intimacy we get to see between Ket and Jara Mm -hmm. and what they mean to each other and their desire to be free above all else Mm -hmm. and be peaceful again Yep. but at the end of the day the kids the way the kids talk about them and the way they are spoken, the yeah. the the language, the way in which their means of communication is written, mm-hmm. yes, they are made lesser. Yeah, and regardless of whether the Hobbes are like that or not, we only have the frame that K. A. Applegate gave us. Exactly. So you can't say, oh, well, they're just like right. that. It's just like, no, they were written a certain way, and yeah. that is what we have. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't even really make sense to me because, like, the two pieces of information that we're given as to why the Hork-Bajir are uh, stupid as as the kids put it um, is one they don't follow Tobias's instructions very well at the very beginning which we've been over mm-hmm. uh, it's a life or death situation it's hard to parse words anyway when you're high on adrenaline not to in say that Hork-Bajir yeah, in your third language um, and it's it's complicated instructions anyway. Uh, and the other thing is the way that they talk. And it really strongly smacks of the way that people will um, uh, look down on the way that people who speak English as a second or third or fourth language speak English. In that, you know, it's this quote unquote broken English and like maybe they don't always get the verbs right or they drop certain words or they put them in the wrong order or whatever. And it's like. (sighs) Not even second language speakers, but anyone who speaks a non-standard variety of English gets the same treatment. Exactly. Assuming that it's a reflection on intelligence. Yes. Like I always remember seeing this um, moment from Modern Family, of all things, Mm -hmm. where I forget the character saying but she's like they're making fun of it and she's like do you even know how smart i am in spanish yeah of course you do yes yes and it if if we didn't have the line from axe about like oh the hork language only has 500 words in it like i could almost almost look past it as like this is some kind of commentary on uh, how people will judge the intelligence of others based on the way that they speak. Um, but one, we do get that. And two, it's not even a good commentary because it's never challenged. Yeah. Um, it's just like this thing that we're shown to be true and not questioned at all. And I hate it because like the way that you speak is not linked to how smart you are no no like and we saw when jara was explaining you know who ket is to him 
yeah. saw that he just he didn't have the words, but still had the feeling like that exactly. two were not mm-hmm. mutually exclusive. You can understand and know things without being able to yes. say it. And like, I struggle enough with verbalizing my own thoughts. Um, people tell me I'm very articulate, yada yada yada, and slight divergence. But like, as an autistic person who can go nonverbal as well, and being part of a community where a lot of people who are autistic have no have no verbal communication, but are so like they when given a means to communicate, just because somebody can't vocal uh, communicate with you in the way you want them to, mm-hmm. doesn't mean they can't communicate. Right. Exactly. And it's right. something about how we in the white Western world prioritize a specific means of communication and think less of anybody that can't or doesn't right. communicate the way we do. Yeah. It's I mean, God, such they, a colonialist way of thinking. I feel like, like the Animorphs gave the, like the whales more agency yeah. and more credit than they did yeah. this year. They sure fucking did. I can't <laughs> believe I never noticed that. Thank you for pointing that out. I'm so angry. Yeah, I just thought of it and I kind of hate it a lot. Oh my god! I hated the whole whale thing, first of all, but that's not important. <laughs> like, <laughs> they literally, they yeah, they gave the whales more credit and more assumed more intelligence in the whales than they do in the Hortbajir, and I want to die. Oh my god, I'm it. so mad right now. <sighs> Maybe we should like wrap on this deeply irritated note, so <laughs> Danielle can go take a walk. <laughs> Uh, I, instead of a clap can we just scream <laughs> also, now that's made me think about like the way that she talk about dogs as well yeah uh, again credit that's uh, a, dogs are above hawk bajir yep yep dogs and whales yep. are more up there than <sighs> yep hawk. cool ka yeah just want to talk tell me yeah. your location we need uh, a word yeah, really. Um, I do want to circle back to something that takes it the other direction. I found Hank Green's TikTok, which is phenomenal. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but he re- he had a video uh, that is like, you know, people assume that I'm really smart because I am an educator and I talk to people about these things. And um, but really, I read slower than an eighth grader. And if I were born 200 years ago, I would have been called stupid. Um, And like, maybe the idea of smart is just suited to the world that you're in Mm -hmm. and like able to communicate in a way that people expect. And I think that really resonates here with just like, yeah, it's. I'm, I I don't like to draw false equivalencies or make it, but thinking about how when we talk about adaptive technology mm-hmm. and things like that, it's not that people are lesser, it's that the world should change. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to say, even if they were quote unquote stupid, like in the way that mm. they just don't know a whole lot. It doesn't mean they're not people. And who cares? Like, they've lived their entire life as slaves. Of course, they don't know things. They haven't had the opportunity to learn them. They were ripped away from their own planet for 
God knows how many years now. And uh, Ka, you really, really fucked up your snake your slave analogy here. Yeah. Like super it's bad. Really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. Congratulations. You may not have meant to, but you have done a real bad on this. <sighs> you done did bad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I feel like Be we did that. The Be mad about the Hork-Bajir listener. Uh, in summary. In summary. Uh, we love Tobias. Be we mad do- about Hork-Bajir. The Elamist is an asshole. Yeah. And the Hork-Bajir deserve better. The Hork-Bajir deserve better. They always deserve better. Okay. Next time uh, we're going to talk about the Andalite Chronicles and there's probably going to be more yelling. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, and we do have a guest joining us for the Andalite Chronicles. We yes. do. Yes. yes, Kit will be here. Oh, yeah. um, oh, Andalite Chronicles is good. Yeah. yeah. Have fun. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's Had always a, a pleasure. I'll, um, be, I'll be back soon, I hope. Yep. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Maybe we'll bring you back for David. I was going to say at least one David book probably <laughs> <laughs> will have to happen. Uh, um, <sighs> my co-host has been Danielle. You can find them on Twitter at RedtailTalk90 and find their games that they have written at RedtailTalk90.h.io. And if you want to listen to the actual play podcast they're a part of, that is The Room Where It Happened. It's awesome. You can find that on RoomwarePod or at RoomwarePod on Twitter. Um, and if you want to hear them running the Animorphs game that we talk about a lot uh, <laughs> with a bunch of uh, late teen, early 20-year-olds in Boston in the early noughties, you should check out uh, Dumb Kids Playing Hero at DKPHpod. I play a character on that, and it's real fun. <laughs> and my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on Twitter at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, uh, at FTLcast on Twitter. Um, and definitely do listen to them on Dumb Kids Playing Hero. They make excellent character choices, and it is phenomenal. You can also ke- check out the uh, podcasting guild that we are a part of, uh, Standing Stones. Um, you can find that on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Uh, we not only have Follow the Leader, The Room Where It Happened, and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, but if you like these kind of discussion podcasts, we also have Gay Space Rocks, in which our friends Brian and August talk about uh steven universe uh and equestria gaze in which august and our other friend anya discuss my little pony friendship is magic uh all the children's media we're all about it uh you guys do these plugs from memory because this is really impressive yeah yes we've done them a lot (laughs) it's loaded by row at this point (laughs) um and yeah that that that's it for now for now have a good one Yep. <laughs> fuck, fuck fascists. All cops are bastards, as a yurks. Yep. All cops are yurks and bastards. It's well, almost well. like they're related. It's almost um, like they're all added. All right. Uh, shall we do a clap or a scream? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can do a clap. <laughs> I'll clap. Uh, 25. 25.